Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Armor Report, which we like to call Virtual Hedge Fund. You're all portfolio managers coming into the conference room on a Saturday. Hopefully, you've got coffee, and we're going to talk about the stock market. We're going to talk directly about the Fed comments and how it affects markets. So what I want to do today is go through a rifle shot, boom, 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 of all of the different um, assets and how they traded at the end of the week because it has major implications for how we're going to invest next week and beyond. Okay, there were some, I think, paradigmatic shifts in how capital was put to work at the end of the week based on what the Fed was saying. And so for a while here, the Fed's been talking, and the market's kind of listening, but not really listening. And, and now it's starting to listen. So let's discuss what was said and how we're going to invest next week and what our portfolios look like. We'll go over the risk monitor and how that's changing or may change and what that means for uh, how we manage capital. So the Armour Report is a reflection of how I run my own personal capital. I share with you institutional information, whether it be uh, fundamental research, whether it be algorithmic information, and it's how I really all these thoughts drive how I run my own capital. And then you as the portfolio manager, as the steward of your own capital, decides how much risk to take and how to build a portfolio. Okay? So um, today, after you and I chat, I'm going to be leaving this desk and going to the monthly Armor Macro meeting. This is for Armor Insiders only, where we're going to do a Zoom meeting and literally just talk big picture. So right now I'm going to talk about, we're going to look at charts, we're going to look at actions we took last week, what we might do next week. But then what we're going to do with Armor Insiders in our Zoom meeting, in our virtual conference room, I want to hear from all of you, okay? We're going to argue, we're going to hash out, we're going to discuss the big picture implications and how that's going to drive our investing decisions, not just next week, but I'm talking next month, next year, like what's happening. We do these macro meetings once a month so I can hear your voice, right, instead of just typing it out. I want to debate, okay, and out of that debate is going to come a lot of valuable information, so I'll see all of you there. So let's dive right in. We know what the Fed said yesterday, or Wednesday. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. But suffice it to say, the Fed printed a comment and raised interest rates, as everybody expected, and printed a comment that was taken as um, more dovish. Is that the right word? I hate the dove and the hawk thing. Right? It was just a comment that they printed that seemed to the market to be more market supportive. Let's call it what it is, market supportive. Right? And then during the Q&A session, Chairman Powell did everything he could possibly do, falling all over himself to completely negate what was written. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why what he writes and what he says are totally different. That's not for this conversation. It doesn't make a difference. Bottom line, 
the Fed is as, is as aggressive as ever chasing down inflation. Now, let me just take a moment without falling into a rabbit hole, but let's just take a moment to understand that inflation is a monetary event. Okay? And what the Fed's fighting right now is a windmill. It's my opinion. Okay? The Fed's fighting a windmill. You want to tell me prices are up, this type of thing. Prices are up because we have supply chain issues that the Fed can't do anything about. Prices are up because we have, let's say, for instance, conflict in Eastern Europe. The Fed can't do anything about that. What the Fed is trying to do is contain something it, it can't possibly contain. And instead is making the matter worse by tightening money, uh, a monetary supply of the most important lubricant of world economics, which is the U.S. dollar. This has caused, as we've seen, issues in the repo market. So the Fed keeps tightening, keeps squeezing on that balloon, and over here and over here are isolated incidents of severe stress in the system. And so what I ask you today to consider on your own is are we at the next stage of the next major leg down in the bear market of 2022? Or is the rotation out of big tech into commodities about to hit the next level, rip higher, and somehow keep the market in, in, in a more... It's in a downtrend, but not a collapse. That's where we're at, as I see it. This year is playing out very much like 2008 to me, with the exception of the obvious financial crisis that was imploding. There's a lot of smaller crises that, you know, the little fires that keep getting put out. And the market hopes that the Fed will get to a point where it starts to be market supportive. That hope was dashed on Wednesday. So let's rifle through some chart patterns. I'm going to start today with the dollar. You know what? Let's don't. Let's start today with the NASDAQ 100. Okay? NASDAQ 100 takes out the low of the risk monitor green signal right here and closes below the low of Fed day. Total implosion. Okay? Now the flip side is to look at the Dow. It's kind of interesting. The Dow is telling a totally different story, albeit um, th th this is the very top of the downtrend. So unless the Dow could break out of this pattern, this is like an ideal opportunity to short, just like it was right here. And th so this is what I'm really asking you today. Is the Dow leading and telling us the market's about to break out and it's okay that the NASDAQ 100's imploding? Or are the traditional leaders of the market Apple, Google, Microsoft, Tesla, right? Is the unreal collapse that's going on there going to drive all of these indexes lower and to new lows for the year? That's the debate that was sparked when the Fed came out and raised rates and then said, we are so far away from being done raising rates. We're not even close. This is what cratered the market, right? Not even close. And then this was my favorite comment. Um, we don't care if we crash the economy because we can always just start adding liquidity again and support it after 
we've crashed the economy. So that's basically what the Fed's going to do, unless he changes his tune again, which I guess he could always do that. So we're at this juncture. Let's go look at chart patterns. It's the tale of two markets, right? Is the Dow about to break out, which are industrials? How about the momentum stocks? What's in there? A lot of energy stocks, right? Are they about to break out of that pattern? That doesn't look too bad there in the momentum. How about the value stocks? They're trying to break the downtrend, but they're way below the 200-day. So these charts, there's no way these charts look good. And my question to you is, is, is this breakdown coming here? Okay, if we take out below that big reversal day, it's definitely on. Um, is that a harbinger of the market and how it's going to end the year? Let's just take a look at a couple of big cap stocks. Because you really have to look at what's going on. New lows. Already Microsoft took out that below that big day right here, right? Google, just crashing. Amazon, total implosion. Somebody was dumping Tesla to a large degree. You can see volume coming in. That's the volume bar right there on Tesla. It hasn't broken out of that pattern yet. It takes out those lows. You have a serious problem for a lot of indexes. Tesla is a large part of a lot of indexes. It takes out these lows next week. You have a real problem. And then, of course, there's Apple is the other problem. Does it take out that low? It challenged it and held. Does it take it out? So now let's flip over to... Where's the money going? And I submit to you that we need to look at this chart first. Okay? That chart is a chart of the U.S. dollar, and it holds all the cards. We have seen an unreal rally in the U.S. dollar, which I think is a function of the breakdown of financial markets around the world. That type of a rally in the dollar in, a, in one year is unheard of. And I don't believe we've seen the end of the implications for that. So how do we use that? How do we invest based on that? Well, number one, if that pattern breaks out to the upside, so central banks have come out and said they're going to do everything they can to keep the market, to keep the dollar from breaking out above the upside. So right in here, this red bar here, this red bar here, this red bar here, these are all interventions. Central banks came out and hammered away to keep the dollar from breaking out. Okay, and then we had this huge reversal on Friday down in the dollar. We're going to talk about this in our macro meeting. I want to hear from you, Armour Insiders, okay? Because this has all the implications in the world. For, for how we want to invest going forward and what it means. Because when I say to you, where's the money going? If this breaks down out of the uptrend, and, and I, I couldn't really tell you why that's going to happen. If it breaks down from the uptrend, I'm not exactly sure why that's going to happen. Okay? There's, a, there's just so much intervention from central banks. There's so much that they can do. They can stop, perhaps, the rapid ascent. But I don't believe that they can create a rapid decline. And that's because of what's going on in the world, right? What's going on in the world is a, a flight to the safety of U.S. dollars. 
but we could debate in our macro meeting what would change that. Perhaps China opens up, maybe China stops with the insane COVID policies, their economy picks up and maybe investment flows somewhere else. But right now, what's happening is money is hiding in short-term U.S. treasuries. And in order to get into short-term U.S. treasuries, everyone around the world has to convert their currency to U.S. dollars to buy U.S. treasuries, right? And when U.S. treasuries are, char- are, are returning somewhere close to 5% rates of return on, on a two-year note, what's it now, four, four and three quarters or something? There's risk-free money. And the dollar's in a massive uptrend. That's a home run investment if you're, you know, uh, um, somebody living in Europe and you took your euros at the start of the year and you bought dollars and you bought short-term treasury bills. You're crushing it in your own currency, right? Because by the time you take it back out, the dollar value's gone through the roof, okay? So it's, it's still up for debate, but this, so the question is, is the dollar gonna break down in the coming weeks And if it does, I submit to you, the stock market's not going to crash to the end of the year. There'll be continued rotation, and money's going to flow aggressively into commodities of all kinds. Now, we know this year's been a year of energy. It's been flowing into energy for a while, okay? If we look at USO, oops, USO, that's a utility stock. Nobody wants to own that. Okay, so here's energy. So first of all, you could argue that this sell-off was induced by um, uh, SPR releases and everything the U.S. government could do to suppress the price of energy, which is coming to an end. Okay, so this is the rally in oil. And if the dollar breaks down and China actually reopens, I would submit to you that uh, oil is about to make a run to the top of the channel and maybe break out the top side of that. Okay? Here's a, here's a price of natural gas. Natural gas, this is the whole year of natural gas. Now, it swings wildly compared to oil, as you can see. And this whole sell-off here has a lot to do with U.S. prices of natural gas being um, capped because we can't ship overseas because of our facilities to liquefy, right? We had that problem with uh, free ports liquefaction. It's supposed to open up later this month. If it opens up later this month, a lot of gas that's been piling up here in the U.S. is going to be processed and shipped, and therefore the price of natural gas should recover. So a position in UNG and a position in USO could be a great position for a portfolio as the dollar breaks down and China opens. Those are big ifs. I don't know, but they're at the right risk-reward entry points. I'm not so sure the stocks are. Okay, the E&P stocks are near the highs of the year, so they're not buying a lot of weakness there, but that looks like a pretty good breakout. Do you want to buy a breakout in this market? That's debatable. We're going to debate that in our macro meeting. Okay? I'm going to share with you two, two sectors that I'm buying aggressively right now. And you're going to notice both of these sectors, I'm doing it because I see exponential upside versus the risk I'm taking. I am not, in the bear market of 2022, I am not interested in chasing momentum. 
So it's very hard for me to buy energy stocks up here. I might buy energy because that's been depressed artificially. And we'll see a snapback. So I might buy energy itself. But in 2022, buying stocks that are already up big is dangerous. So I haven't been doing it. I won't do it. Okay. But if the dollar breaks down from this peak, and I'll jump into it right now and give you the two exponential uh, sectors I like. The first has to be with the dollar breaking down, silver. It has to be. Silver and gold have been depressed all year because of a ripping U.S. dollar. If the dollar simply goes sideways and stops the rapid ascent, I think the lid comes off of precious metals. And I'm not even going to get into the debate about a silver squeeze, okay? I'm not even going to talk about it. Forget about that. If it happens, that's great. I'm just saying look at the chart pattern. Perfect bottom setup. Unbelievable breakout at the end of the week. The paradigm shift that happened at the end of the week this week is the wake-up call to commodity owners. The wake-up call, which is very strange when you get a Fed that was very hawkish talking about raising rates forever. So theoretically, the dollar should have been up on that. Instead, the dollar got whacked. It was down, what was that, whacked being a technical term, almost 2% down on the day. Silver closed at the high of the week and above the high of Fed day. That's the beginning of the move. I'm, I'm, I was buying positions on Friday. You think I'm crazy. Well, it's up big. I can buy it Friday. Look at the chart. It's not up big. It's just started on massive volume. Now, before I go on, let me just remind all of you. Everything I talk about in these, these, these meetings, number one, you're at the steward of your own capital. Make your own decisions. Okay? If it makes sense to you, you want to put a, cap, a capital to work, that's up to you. You're the risk manager of your own assets. Number two, I use stops on everything I do. If you want to know how I'm going to manage my position, join me. Join me on the desk. Right there, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. You can join us, become an Armor Insider, and you can join us on our, on our macro meeting that we're going to have in about 10 minutes. Okay? I'll share with you, like I do all Armor Insiders, all week what my stops are and how I'm trading. But for this conversation, I'm talking big picture. All right. When you look at this chart, there's, there's no way to deny it. Last week was a seminal week for silver. This is the weekly chart of silver. Now, there's a lot of people out there screaming and hollering about silver short squeezes and all that stuff all year long, and all it did was lose money for people. Right? That wasn't me. I'm not out there talking about it. I'm simply looking at price action now. And I'm sharing with you that I'm putting capital to work at this point. I'll use stops. If it goes down, I'll step out. Right? But at this stage, I think it's very probable that silver goes a lot higher in the coming months, coming weeks, coming months. I think it was 
a bit of a shock to see the dollar down 2% when the Fed's out there pounding the table talking about raising rates forever. Something's changing. Let's take a look at gold. Gold is lagging, but it won't stay behind if silver takes off. So I say to you, there's two groups that I absolutely love right now. Precious metals, and I'll get to the other group in a second. But I think you can see why. I want to buy weakness that's just breaking out in this market, that's just coming on. I want to buy as close to the stop as possible. That's where my investment is, where I see exponential returns over the coming weeks and months. If I'm right on the entry point, I think there's a huge move. Okay, I'll put some money to work. Otherwise, I'd rather have money in short-term treasury bills close to 5% yields. That's the sucking sound you hear coming out of the stock market. You get to 5% two-year notes, there's a massive amount of capital that leaves the market to hide in two-year notes at 5%. That's why equity markets can't go up. So the question we're trying to figure out is, can certain sectors of the market go up even though money's being sucked out of the stock market? And I submit to you, the commodities are one sector that can do that, okay? And gold and silver, to me, are primed, primed. There's the double bottom. There's your most hawkish Fed you can imagine. So the dollar should be up and gold and silver should be down. And instead, they skyrocketed Friday. All right. The other segment. You're going to notice the chart pattern. It looks fairly similar. And I'm not going to go into too much detail on this today. I don't have the time. You already know that I'm long cannabis. But look at the chart pattern. You can see the similarities in cannabis. Whoops. Okay. Cannabis. Precious metals. Okay. These are groups. These are groups that are down big for the year but have catalysts that are unfolding right under our eyes. And most investors can't see it. They've written off these groups. Forget it. Cannabis will never work. That's what you hear now. You know, what I hear now is, you know, he went from the Todd father, right, to this guy's a shill. He just gets paid to be bullish. Totally incorrect. He's still the Todd father. Okay, he still shares quality cannabis information every day, right? You lost money on cannabis stocks. That's your mistake. That's not his. He's sharing information about a growing industry, and I think eventually it's going to make us a lot of money. Right? I didn't pay for them at the top of that chart. I'm buying them down here, and there's a catalyst that's unfolding. It seems to me a ball is starting to roll, and it can't stop. And it's going to roll into some type of reclassification. And these stocks are going to go berserk. I'm willing to take risks down here because the reward's enormous. The stocks went up 30% in a couple hours because of a comment from the Biden administration about talking about reclassification. I ask you, what do you think happens to the stocks on the day that the reclassification Um, guidance is announced. 
What do you think the stocks can do? If they can go up 30% on a day where they're just talking about reclassification, what happens to the stocks when they actually say, okay, we're going to reclassify? That's why I'm in the space. The reward is worth the risk. Otherwise, with interest rates close to 5% on two-year treasury notes, I, I don't want the risk. I'd rather just be over here taking my 5% weighted. Okay? So exponential upside in cannabis, exponential upside in precious metals. It's always been there in precious metals, right? But what's the catalyst? And I submit to you it could be last week because the behavior in, in the metal stocks and, and the dollar was totally opposite what you would have expected. Now, if it reverses next week, I'll be out. If the dollar blows out to the upside next week, I'll answer my question for you. I started this conversation with, is this the start of the next leg down because the leaders are getting destroyed? I don't know if you're witnessing what's going on in the cloud computing space, in the, in the cyber security space. These were darlings that are dropping 20 and 30% in a day on earnings. It's just unreal selling. Does that, is that the anchor that just drops the whole market and we close on the lows in the next two months? Or is the buoy of commodities and a breakdown in the dollar going to rescue the market? That's where we're at. That's what we're going to talk about in our macro meeting in about, in about five minutes. Okay, so I'm going to have to go to that meeting. Armor Insiders, please join me over there. Zoom meeting, you're going to have the floor. We're going to go around. I want to hear from all of you, and we're going to hash out these details. And what we're going to do is we're going to take notes on that meeting, put it up on the whiteboard back there, and it's going to drive our investment decision of how we want to run money the rest of this month. We'll do another macro meeting in December. But really, it's going to help us big picture drive our investment decisions as a virtual hedge fund. And you all have a voice in that, okay? So um, I guess there's four minutes. I'll try to get to a couple questions, and then I've got to hop. But those are my thoughts for today. Please watch next week. First of all, I guess I'll wrap up on this. Our risk monitor, for those of you who follow it closely, is still in the yellow category. It's not quite red yet. And so if you want to know, well, gee, what would change that? You just have to follow the S&P. If the S&P takes out on a closing basis the low of Thursday, we're going to be risk monitor red. The flip side is if we take out the high of Fed day, we will probably be putting more money to work. And so we're really hanging in the balance right now. The NASDAQ's already broken down. The Dow is near the highs. Momentum is holding up. So it's really a question of, in my opinion, what the dollar does. Dollar breaks down, and I think commodities drive higher, which will hold the S&P up, which will drive the Dow higher, which will drive momentum higher, and will be risk monitored yellow, which means we'll be putting cautiously money to work. If the dollar screams higher next week, and this craters and takes out these lows, We'll be back into a max cash position. Okay? Real quick, anybody got a quick question? I'll try to answer it and then I got a split. Too late. 
Uh, um, is it too late on Lily Chevron? Need to SAP. Well, I can't exactly answer that question right now. I'll have to get to that later. Uh, when's it time to to buy? Do you like MSOS? Ninety seconds. She's telling me I gotta go. But um, Deb, I'm already wrong, and I've been long cannabis, as you know, because you're watching the show. For the last three, four weeks, I'm long. I've got calls that go out till next year on MSOS. And I've got my favorite five um, uh, um, big cap, you know, big cap, you know, the favorite five cannabis names that are U.S. MSOs in, in this country, or U.S. MSOs, obviously. Um, is there a bunch of tax argument? The tax laws are, you know, tech stocks. Let me answer my question. Um, tax laws selling at the end of the year, it's possible. Okay, let's see. All right, guys. I'm going to have to split. Mo, nice to see you. Glad, you're, um, glad you've joined. Um, I want to get to your questions, but right now I'm going to go to this macro meeting. We're going to be joining the Zoom meeting for all Armor Insiders, and we're going to really take a big macro approach to this. We're not talking about what's going to happen next week or what the risk monitor says or what the algos are talking about. What I want to discuss, and I want to debate, have a healthy debate, about the direction of our investing capital. And the debate is, are we about to go into a market implosion, which drags everything? And so we want to have max cash and protect. Or do we believe there's a rotation that got started last week, gold and silver, uh, USO, oil and, and natural gas showing us the way? And do we want to just overweight those sectors into the end of the year? That's the debate. I'll see you all there. Uh, in a few minutes. Thank you all for joining. Have a great weekend.